Hello and welcome to 90's Lessons from the Frontline podcast. If you're not familiar with 90, we specialize in insurance innovation. That is taking new insurance ideas to market in 60 days and building best practice innovation capabilities for insurers in 12 months. Um, the industry recently voted as Consultancy of the Year and we get to work with insurers like Allianz, AXA, Travelers, Aetna and Swissery across the US, UK and Europe. Um, what we're doing in this podcast series is to let you hear from some of our insurance innovation consultants and to ask them to share their experiences at the front line of insurance innovation projects at 90. So welcome. I'm Dan Webster. I'm an insurance innovation consultant at 90 and I'm here with my colleague Becca Higginson. Hey Becca. Hi Dan. Hello. Uh, before we get started, Becca, um, would you like to just introduce yourself and uh, your role at 90? Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm Becca. I'm one of the engagement leads at 90. Uh, and what that means is I uh, manage some of the projects there. So I work on both the projects that use our 123 framework, which is taking projects to, to market quickly, um, and also those projects around uh, instilling an innovation culture within an organisation. Brilliant, thank you. So, um, as you know, in, these, in this series, we're talking about some specific projects that we worked on recently and just trying to draw out some learnings that might be helpful for listeners from those specific projects. So, um, with that in mind, um, with a, a recent project you worked on, um, what was the, the problem you're trying to solve and why was 90 brought into that, just to set a, a background? Absolutely. So one of the projects that I was working on recently um, was a, an organization where they'd had their innovation function set up for, for probably about a year. And they'd put a few projects through that function, but hadn't had any success in creating anything that had, had worked for the, for the market. What they really wanted to do was have a project that had come out of it that they could really point to and, and talk about in the press, something that was a success. Uh, and also that would help them within the organization establishing themselves um, as that kind of strong innovation function. So 90 were brought in to support them in that journey of developing out the function, but also specifically to help them take one idea to, to market. Okay, brilliant. So can I just focus on that latter part? So the one idea to market, um, as much as you can, would you mind just like a quick brief on what that looked like and what were some of the like, the first steps, maybe activities on, on taking that? Yeah, absolutely. So they had, they'd already got a project in mind, actually. They already had a product that they wanted to launch. Um, it's something that they'd, they'd seen others in the market doing or, or starting to move towards, and so they wanted to launch this. And it was primarily a, a tech play. Um, what they hadn't done, though, is actually speak to any of their customers to understand if it's something that they, they actually wanted and if it was going to be something useful. So what we'd said when we were coming in was, great, let's, let's keep that idea in mind, but actually let's take a step back first um, identify some customer problems that we might want to, to tackle and then move forward with ideas off the back of that. So we started off by exploring some, some customer problems. We interviewed customers at that point. Um, we then generated ideas off the back of that and we, we moved forward with what was eventually actually not the same uh, project that they had in mind as that was something that customers weren't, um, weren't actually wanting. Okay, cool. So just to pick up on the first point you mentioned there, um, initially the first thing to do was to go out and engage with customers and um, see what would be a sensible starting point. So it sounds like 
the initial idea had to take like a step back first to get a customer perspective before restarting again. Completely. And, and that's something that tends to happen across most projects. Clients come in at a particular stage in the process and then we end up needing to just take a few steps back to make sure that we're actually going in the right direction before spending a resource on something that's not, not worth pursuing. Got it. Okay. So when you're in a situation like that, how, hmm, how do you, um, how would you present and explain the importance of bringing in the customer voice really early to stakeholders that um, haven't, haven't seen that yet? Like, we know there's value in it. How do you like just describe the, the point and the value in, in doing that? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because it's something that if people haven't um, experienced speaking to customers before, it often feels like a kind of nice to have rather than an essential. But we don't find it too much of a challenge um, convincing stakeholders to do that purely because we've got some really strong case studies over the past and examples where we've worked with other insurers um, where we've, we've proven that it's something that is useful. So we can point to projects where they've completely changed the direction of where that project will go. Um, and that's actually obviously what's happened in, in this case as well. But also the other thing is if we just bring one customer into the room, one of their customers and ask them some questions about the organization, the insights that you get out of that are so convincing that the stakeholders then don't need any kind of more information to, to know that it's something that's worthwhile. Okay, cool. So, on, so I know you mentioned case studies then. Um, and specifically on this project what did you see as the value of bringing in the customer perspective early so did the project end up changing to a degree did you learn like new critical pieces of information or was it just um more confidence that in the initial direction was the correct one it was a complete complete change of direction for this one so we'd, the solution that was wanted originally was a complete, a very tech focused solution. It was essentially just translating everything they were already doing into a, a tech kind of process. Um, it's something that would have been beneficial for them as the insurer, but something that didn't resonate with the, the customers that we were dealing with. So the, the real value of bringing the customers in here was that it completely changed the direction of the projects. We, we found a middle ground where we were able to work on the insurer's uh, internal processes um, and make those more efficient and effective. And then we also managed to find kind of a way that we could improve the, the customer's experience, but they were through two quite different, um, different parts of the project and, and not this original tech solution that they had in mind. Okay, okay. So uh, I think that speaks to a, quite a common problem that's held in most corporate innovation like initiatives and ideas, like you, you start with a business problem because generally you, you have to, there's some kind of business problem or opportunity or business goal. But so you're saying layering on the customer perspective, does that change what the, the business goal could be behind something or the problem? And like, how does layering on the, a customer perspective to a business problem change how you approach it? Yeah, I, I think there are two ways that you can you can think of that because there are business problems that we'll we'll want to solve. So things like efficiency, which is something that we looked at here. And it's not that we want to, we don't necessarily have to always layer on very heavily the, the customer's involvement there because actually we're just looking at a different user. So we want to say, okay, if it's an efficiency problem, 
the user that we want to bring into this is actually an internal user and we look at those who are within the organization um, and speak to them about how we can improve improve the processes now where the the customer angle is useful to be brought in is if those processes are going to kind of touch and end up affecting the user and so at that point and sorry the customer so at that point what we need to do is bring in that customer voice and understand what it is about the current processes that they like and uh, what it is that they don't like and, and how we can actually change them in a positive way rather than just changing it to something that either is going to give them the same experience or or worse, um, a negative experience. And, and that's particularly important when we're making things more efficient internally. We need to make sure that we're not making things uh, more difficult for the customers and therefore reducing their satisfaction with our services. That's interesting. So when we're talking about customers, we're not thinking of the traditional end insured person who would buy an insurance product all of the time, right? No, that's, that's right. So we, we kind of separate them out into, into two different things. Users are people that would be um, using the product, so the proposition or uh, the, the service, whatever it might be, and the customer is the person that's paying for it. Now, both users and customers can be internal or external stakeholders. Um, if the people who are going to be using the, uh, the kind of end product are internal to the organization, that's fine. We, we speak to them, we understand what we need to from them. Um, and likewise, if they are the end customer, we'll, we'll speak to the end customer. It's really just about considering who are the different people that are affected by what you're creating and who are the different people mm -hmm. that are paying for it as well. Okay, cool. So that, that's a really helpful definition. The customer is anyone that is kind of receiving the benefits of the thing that you're designing or innovating for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so a, a couple of questions I have from that, Becca. Um, so on this project, at what points did you bring in the customer perspective? So do you bring it in like, so it's present throughout or at a certain key points where it's important to have a customer view? And then secondly, once you're interacting with customers, are there any like tools, tips, methodologies that you use to get the right information out of customers and into the innovation process? Mm -hmm. So the, the first question around what points do we do we bring them in? We brought them in right at the start. So the first thing that we wanted to do was understand what problems they were facing. And actually at this point, we looked both internally and externally. So we had internal stakeholders, we spoke to underwriters about the processes that they went through at the moment and any challenges they were facing. And we also brought in um, brokers and, and end customers to understand what challenges they were facing as well. So the very first thing that we did was, was bring them in. We then took them away for a little bit and we worked with the internal teams alone to kind of generate ideas to, to how we could solve those problems. Um, we don't normally have customers in at that point because everyone can then start to pay too much attention to just the customer's opinions and not actually have their own creative ideas. And one of the great things about the, the ideation sessions we run is that we want to really have a kind of range of different ideas and different opinions that we can, we can bring together uh, to create something create something strong so we don't want one person's mind in the room at that point to have more um kind of volume to it than anyone else's so we we take them away then we bring them back in though to assess the ideas so they've they're there at the start they're not there for the ideation session and then they come back in to assess the ideas um, in the really early stages of innovation the main thing that we want to know is that the proposition that we're creating is something desirable to those customers so something they want mm -hmm. and therefore it's the primary thing that we're filtering on at that point 
Um, from that point, we then start to, to build it out and we'll, we're, they will still be involved. We'll be looking at customer journeys with them. We'll be looking at what the key things are that they need from a proposition. But we'll simultaneously also be working on things like the business model and how we could work this operationally. So they are involved, but they're not involved in all areas at that stage. And we'll then bring them mm -hmm. back in when we, we want to start to, to test the assumptions that we've made. So as we're, as we're making assumptions around um, how the, the thing's going to work and how we're going to market it to customers, what it might look like, they're not involved at every kind of stage in that process. So we need to bring them in to test the things uh, that we haven't managed to, to prove. So, for example, if we've come up with a marketing channel we think will work to, to reach those customers, we need to bring them in to validate that that is something that will work. Uh, likewise, if we've come up with a certain look and feel for um, how the, the digital project product will, will look, we need to bring them in to make sure it's something that makes sense to the customer. So we'll bring them in at set points to assess how the project has moved along and, and if it's something that is still um, kind of working for them, but they won't be there throughout that entire process. Okay, great. That, that's really helpful. So um, it, it sounds like a, a full process where there's certain key points where customer information is really important and required to get input for the project, but then also points as well where it's important for the, I guess, subject matter experts that are in this internal team just to use their own thinking and expertise to do something with those customer thoughts? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Okay. So from that like process you just described, I'd like to just dig into the first part you mentioned. So you were describing the first part in the process where you brought in customers straight away and um, use those insights to start the project. Um, so it sounds like some kind of problem phase or like initial customer study to get a starting point. I wonder if you could just speak a bit to what you were looking for from customers customer conversations then and then just what kind of methods you used to get information out of customers and what you yeah trying to get from them yeah so at, at that point what we're looking for are what their what their goals are in relation to the kind of area that we're, we're exploring um, what the, the tasks that they need to complete associated with that are, so what sort of things that they, they have to actually do, um, and also what frustrations they're experiencing in trying to complete those tasks at that stage as well. So we're really just wanting to understand um, around the area that we're exploring, what is it that they're having to do and what's frustrating about it for them, with a big emphasis on that frustration because that's where we see that there might be opportunities for us to kind of uh, create new solutions and support them in that space. Techniques that we use, we, we have a, a, a big range of different ones. Um, so the, the kind of framework that I've just spoken about there, there's something called the value proposition template that we use quite heavily. And that helps us map different uh, customer tasks, goals and pains directly onto how we could create a product to, to solve those. Um, a, a big thing that we, we really emphasize is when we are talking to customers, making sure that we're not leading them and we use a technique called the mum test. And that's all around making sure that we are letting the customers talk more than we are, um, that we're not giving them answers. We're not saying, do you like this? And that's kind of suggesting that they will like it. So a real emphasis on, on not leading the customers through, through using that method. Um, and also we're looking at getting a range of, of different opinions at that first point as well, because we know that one customer opinion isn't necessarily the same as, as everyone's. 
Um, so we'll use a range of techniques from kind of more quantitative research early on, like surveys, to also doing in-depth one-on-one interviews uh, to make sure that we've got a range of different, different people's thoughts and opinions covered there. Okay, that, that's great. So a, a range of different techniques. You mentioned the value proposition canvas, looking for customer pains, frustrations, gains, um, surveys, interviews, and the mom test as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. So this is all in this first phase. And you mentioned in the previous explanation, you're then going into a second phase of trying to determine customer desirability of the, the first idea or ideas. So is it that very much the same uh, tools and principles you're using in that phase or how, how is it different, the customer interactions, once you've got the idea? So some of it is the same. Um, at every stage, we want to make sure that the customer that we're talking to is experiencing the problem and so that we've got the right person in the room there because uh, you, you never know when you start talking to somebody. So we will always do some sort of interview around the, the kind of problem space, the, the frustrations they're experiencing, their goals and the tasks they're completing. We'll, we'll include that at pretty much every stage when we speak to customers. The difference then once we have a proposition is that we have something that we can start to test with them. So at this stage, once we've kind of gone through that phase of, of not leading them and understanding how much they're really feeling that frustration and that pain, uh, we then put the proposition in front of them and see what do they like about it? What do they dislike about it? Um, and, and why for both of those points? We might use techniques such as, as card sorting, where we split the proposition down into multiple different sections um, and they can tell us which bits about it they, they like the most, which bits they don't, um, which bits they would get rid of. So that's a way of kind of drilling down into one singular um, proposition. But really what we'll do is assess normally multiple propositions in one go. So from that, we can see which of them suit the, the pain and frustrations that customers are feeling. And we can also put those different propositions against each other and the customers can tell us which ones are resonating most and why. Okay, awesome. So then, so we're at a stage now where we've got, a, a, to a degree, customer validated like proposition on paper and some evidence for that, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and so at this point in the process you mentioned at the start, we're moving into, well, what sounds like to me some kind of prototyping or designing a, a minimum viable product for the particular idea. And then we're bringing in customers again at this point, right? So to ask the same question, how does the customer interaction change at that point? What kind of things are you looking for and what tools are you using at that point? When we get to the, the MVP point then, it's slightly different because again, we have more of the, the proposition built out or more of what the product or service could look like or the experience could feel like. Um, in the, the previous stage that we've mentioned, really all we have is a proposition written down on a piece of paper. And that's a little bit open to how people interpret it. And, you know, it's, it's much earlier on in the process, so harder to get real validation over whether it's something that customers would like or not going forward. When we're at the point where we have some sort of MVP, we have something that we can show them, something that they can interact with. And that means that we can not only listen to their opinions on it, but we can also see how they use that product. Um, so for example, if it was an app or a website, we could bring a customer in to click through a prototype. We would watch which areas they struggle with, which areas they don't struggle with, and we talk to them about their experiences after as well. Um, so that's, that's one version of, of how we could do that. At this stage in the, the, the process, we also might be looking um, 
to get more uh, of a sign as to whether customers will actually interact with this or not. So if it's something um, that's a, a B2C piece and um, a proposition that we can put in front of, of, of that style of customer, we might also run something like Facebook ads where we're putting the, the proposition up in front of customers and we can see if they're clicking through onto those Facebook ads and potentially giving us their email address or something to indicate that it is actually um, a, a proposition they're interested in, in kind of taking up further down the line. So two different versions there. One, we can test um, a prototype with them and see how they interact with it. And two, we can put propositions up in some form of advert and see if they're actually showing interest by clicking onto that advert or giving us their email address for when that product launches. Brilliant. So that's, that's really helpful to know the full picture of different ways of engaging with customers at different phases. And at this point, it sounds like some kind of prototype to test and a lot of techniques we can use to do that, getting people to walk through things and then using more uh, kind of creative methods like Facebook ad, ad testing and, and the like like that. That's good. Um, so a, a final kind of summary question I want to ask you, which might be a bit of a hard one, I'm sorry, but um, <laughs> if, if you have to like sum up the, import, like, the importance of bringing a customer voice into an innovation process and the benefits of that in just uh, a couple of points, to someone how would you do that <laughs> big question um just saving two years of your life would be my experience <laughs> before before joining 90 I'd, I'd worked on my own startup and uh, I hadn't interacted with customers initially in the in the right ways or brought them into the process immediately and and when I did the proposition I was working on was completely changing and shifting uh, eventually it didn't work out but having brought in customers was, was a real key to learning that. And if I'd brought them in earlier, I would have saved a lot of time. So if we translate that into the corporate world, the same sort of thing. You don't want to, to run a project where you're going to waste money and time um, on doing that. If you, if you bring customers in early, you can make sure that you're working on a project that is something that they're going to care about and, and want, to, want to buy, want to interact with. And therefore, it's going to be something that's worthwhile for the organization. Hey, that, that's an excellent summary. So the point of bringing, one of the points of bringing customers in early is to save time in avoiding potential mistakes, problems you could run into later on in the innovation process. And I'm assuming, so you mentioned your startup background, but is this something you've experienced in your corporate work as well? Like this value of bringing in a customer voice kind of saving potential uh, time, money, resources. Yeah, ab absolutely. And actually another project that I've worked on recently is an example of that. So Wade's been working on a concept for about a year before they brought us in. And, and this isn't just a one-time thing. This isn't just the recent project. It's something that we see fairly frequently. Once we were brought in, we um, engaged with customers very early on in the process, brought them in, spoke to them, understood what their views were, both in terms of their problems and frustrations and also around this particular proposition. And within a couple of weeks, we were able to identify flaws in the, in the project. And actually it was one of the projects that was killed in the end as it wasn't something that was going to be worth pursuing for that organization based on the level of, level of customer interest. So a, a kind of obvious example there of within three weeks to a month of engaging with us, they've been able to identify that you know, it's not something that's worth pursuing versus a year of not having engaged with customers before that 
and not being able to make that decision or, or have enough evidence, I guess, to close down the project. Speaking to the customers gave them the evidence that they needed that this wasn't something that was worth pursuing in that format. Yeah, and, and that's great. Like really pertinent examples of, of this stuff is actually really valuable and can save time, money and, and resources. Like by just bringing in this customer voice using these kind of methods and techniques. That's, that's powerful. That's good. Um, I'm afraid, I think we're running out of time, but I'd just like to ask you and one final like specific question before we finish. So, um, and what would, um, what kind of tips or encouragement or advice would you give to someone working in insurance who is looking at having like a, a first customer interview or interaction or perhaps hasn't spoken to a customer in a while? Um, just what kind of tips, tools, tricks, advice would you give to someone in that position? Come and talk to 90. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I'd say the, the, the best thing that you can do ahead of, ahead of going into a customer interview is just really making sure that you're not going to be leading them and that the information that you get out of that interview is going to be something that you can rely on and use to take your project forward. And I think the easiest way to, to do that at this stage would be to either Google the mom test and have a look at a very good explainer video they have on YouTube about that or buy the book and give it a read. It's only, it's a very short book, very short read, and it will make a big difference to the, the outcomes of interviews that you get. Fantastic. So either concept 90 or read a book. <laughs> <laughs> the only two options. <laughs> <laughs> Nice one. That, that's really helpful, Becca. Thank you. Um, I, I mean, we, we could talk about this subject for quite a while. It's a really interesting one and a really important one in, in, in corporate innovation, right? But um, just uh, to finish, just thank you for uh, joining me and, and sharing your thoughts on this topic. It's been great. No, thanks, Dan. It's been fun. Thank you. So for more specialist insurance innovation content, tools, and events, please visit us at 90.com or contact us at 90marketing at 90.com. And thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next time. <laughs>